Hello everyone, this is Gracemont, episode 18. Um, I guess we'll get right to the song, because you're supposed to do the intro music early. Hit it. Gracemont. 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 Okay, yeah. okay. It's better and better. It's just better and better. All right. How have you been? Good, good, yeah. Yeah. good. Uh, missed you Sunday. We, I I was gone. We went to the British Virgin Islands. Some friends oh. have a boat there, so we hung out on their boat for Man. About four or five days. It was, it was cool. Um, cool. Uh, it's, it's it's a lot of money to spend for. For a boat, but it's, but it's good to have a friend with a boat. That's the best kind of boat, right? With somebody yeah. else's, yeah. Or if someone else has like a condo in Maui, let them pay the bills, and then you get to. I've heard go that's over there cool. Every now and then, <laughs> it's it's a wonderful deal. It's I cool. recommend it. <laughs> All right. Well, how about your questions? Okay. For this week. So, um. Tonight, I wanted to discuss what does it mean, what does eternal life mean when, when Jesus talks about eternal life or talks about eternal life in the New Testament. Uh, the second, my second question is, why did Jesus speak in parables? And then my third question is, why were the religious leaders so intent on arresting Jesus for doing miracles on the Sabbath? Okay, those are good. Yeah. So okay. I have a couple. Uh, my first one is, we've we've touched on this before, but God's that my preacher says he refers to the Bible as God's holy, inspired, and inerrant word. Right. And we've we've said we don't necessarily think that's correct, but with our Christian hats on. If right. you believe that, mustn't you also believe that the men at the Council of Nicaea in 325 were also holy, inspired, and inerrant because they were the ones that selected which books went into the Bible? Correct. That's yeah. that's the question. Is that true or not? And my other question is more of a... Uh, it's more of a uh, commentary, a subject. Okay. okay. Assigning blame when blame doesn't need to be assigned. Okay. That's a common thing among humans. Okay. All right. Why don't you go first on yours? Okay. So I'm going to go, I'll go first in what does eternal life mean? So Sunday we studied a scripture that, that where Jesus said, and this is eternal life, that they may know me and my teachings and know the Father. And it almost, and, and I, I asked the question and it, it like, hey, is he, is he describing eternal life here? And they seem to think, no, that was off base but that 
eternal life was going to heaven and and being on streets of gold because they they brought up the scripture you know i go to prepare a place for you and and if i go i will come back and receive you into myself and well, so can I, can I ask something you're you're more of the biblical scholar than i am having read it 17 okay. times who yeah. who talks about heaven and being streets of gold and all that i don't think jesus particularly calls it streets of gold he said there will be a place for you in heaven and so forth but doesn't describe exactly what it'll be does he do you, do you know of anywhere in the bible that jesus actually describes what heaven is you know that's a that's a good point i i'm a little flat-footed on that i know that there i know there's some scripture about there will be no sorrow and it'll be maybe it's in revelation maybe. Uh, but there's streets of gold that that's a good point because um, this this subject, like so many, it, it it has a deep. There's a lot of there's a lot of things going on with with this particular subject. But to your point, I don't know that Jesus ever said, "Hey, it there'll be pearly gates, and it will always be daylight, and there will be streets of gold, and there'll be no pain, no sorrow." Where where did that originate? And maybe that that could be some homework. I could do. Well, on... it's probably the other apostles that mostly said that, including Paul, that described what heaven would be. And it may also be in Revelation. I don't know. I've never read right. Revelation because I always thought it was a little out there. It is. In fact, if it were me, if if I were the council of Nicaea, I said, look, Revelation doesn't need to be in here. <laughs> I mean, because some of these, they talk about the book of Enoch, and the book of Enoch is very like, sort of out there and that oh in the book of Enoch uh that the children humans begin to have sexual relationships with gods okay and we know in chapter 6 in Genesis it talks about the sons of God saw that the, the women of earth and that they were attractive and for mating and they made but then there wasn't any more said about that in the book of Enoch it talks about this race developed and the whole reason God did the flood was to wipe out that evil race and it was it was demagogues I guess you mentioned that one time that where it was like not God themselves but when a God would have relationships with a human and they'd have children that they became so evil that that's and that's in the book of Enoch, and they didn't put that in the canon because it was too far out there. And I remember thinking, boy, if it were me, I'd probably take Revelation because Revelation is all these, like, you know, the Armageddon and blood up to the horse's neck in the in the battle of good and evil. And But anyway, back to heaven. And I don't know that Jesus ever talked about the physical aspects of heaven. Um, and there's also a book. Uh, and I believe it's called the Book of Thomas, and it was not entered into the, uh, and the Book of Mary. Uh, they talk about like a secret, a secret knowledge that basically the kingdom of God is, is being open to this, this secret knowledge, understanding the secret knowledge. And that verse of scripture saying eternal life is knowing the Son and the Father, and that's what eternal life is. 
and um, it doesn't necessarily allude to dying and then living forever. So I I I know in in our in my circles it's it's taken for granted that that means living forever. As we mentioned before, you're on eternal vacation. You're you know just every day, every day, every day, every day, every day, day after day, ten thousand years, and you're just happy and but I and and then I I also have somewhat of a theory that like and I I think I explained this to you before a little bit and then I'll use you as an example is like you know you're you, you help a lot of people you uh you you like to do things for people and I I believe there's people in our Sunday school class that you have helped quite a bit and I believe I, and I don't know that for a fact, but I do know you help a lot of people, but I think it's eternal life when you help other people and then they can get some stability in their life, get back on their feet, and then they help someone else and that person helps someone else. It kind of like pay it forward. I believe right. that it can be, eternal life can live in that. I mean, you think about Carnegie Hall, you think about all the things he did for others, right, in in helping people and 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 giving and reaching out, and that 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 good work continues on and on and on. And sometimes I wonder if 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 maybe that is eternal life. It's our deeds that live on and on, our good deeds that live on and on and on. But um, that was an interesting concept that that eternal life is knowing God, and it almost fed into. The book of Mary and the book of I believe it's Thomas uh, that that speaks about this hidden this hidden knowledge that Christians have and and are privy to. Um, so it I basically I'm opening up a can of worms and I don't have an answer for it. But I that's just what wonder we do if it's, here. That's what we do. <laughs> I wonder if it, uh, sometimes I wonder if it's it it means something else than what I've always been taught that it means you're going to live forever and never die and. So, and and now I can't remember. Are you are you an advocate of like after you die you live on? I don't I don't know. It, it's uh, according to the if it doesn't make sense to you, it's probably you don't have to believe it. Uh, it doesn't right. make sense to me that that your I think we've the your uh, your legacy is what you got. Any, anything. Living past when your body dies, uh, it doesn't make sense to me. Now, does it mean that that's not the truth or what actually happens? No, because I don't know, nor does anyone else. But I don't think that would happen, and it doesn't make sense to me. Okay. So what is eternal life is our legacy, that in my, my mind. Hey, and, you know, I could even make the point that it everyone has eternal life even christians non-christians in some way or another well either in heaven or hell right if you believe what we're taught i mean you 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 live on you just live on screaming and yelling for eternity burning in hell i mean everyone has eternal life at my church you know it's either you have eternal life in heaven, or you have eternal life in hell. But it's it's something's eternal. So, so to me, I guess what would be your let's let's throw in a little twist here. What would be yeah. your heaven? If you could pick what your heaven would be, 
what would it be? Because you've, you've talked about how it seems silly to not have any emotion. You're just always happy, and you don't care about those who got left behind, and you don't care about this. You, you think that doesn't make sense to you. But what would make sense to you if you could have eternal life? What would it be? What would you want? Okay. As odd as this sounds, I have thought about that. <laughs> no, that's not odd. Okay. So you and I are odd. But, yeah, we but that are. That's not an odd That's question. why we're here, right? Yeah. That's why we're here. Yeah. Okay. So here, okay. I'll try to make it brief, but I got to do a little backstory. And the backstory is in Genesis, there is some scholars who believe it talks about a pre Adamic race. Okay. And what that means is before Adam, pre-Adamic, Adam, Adam, the time of Adam, there, there was a race. And so they seem to think that before God created the earth, he had other projects going on. And then if I think about it, did God like, I think the narrative is that God twiddled his thumbs because God's eternal, right? for millions and millions of years and said, you know, is it time to start the earth? Yeah, no, not quite, you know, because it's time to start the earth. So it, that seems preposterous. So it makes me think he's do, he's been doing a lot of things. He's got a lot of projects going on. He's got, there's other worlds, there's other creations that he's involved in and has been involved in millions of years before he created the earth. So, what is my perfect heaven? It does, there is some scripture that talks about we will rule and reign with Christ. So, ruling and reigning is different than eternal vacation. Ruling and reigning is, there's projects out there going on. And, and, and so, my perfect heaven, I think, would be I die. I'm in the presence of Jesus. And he says, okay, you're here. You made it. Congratulations. All right. Now, while you were on earth, you seem to be pretty good at this. And so here's your next assignment. And your next assignment is to go to this creation. And I need you to intervene there. And there's a big battle going on or whatever. Something where we're constantly doing things, you, you, you have to stay involved in some kind of meaning and value, you know, to create value. So that, it's, that to me sounds better than just chilling out every day. What yeah, about you? I like, I like that. So you're given purpose. There's yeah. purpose in your next life. Right. Yeah. I like that. It, if there, but, but what? I was gonna say. So is that is that? So what do you think about a perfect heaven? Or a perfect heaven for me? I kind of like the uh, the Islamic heaven, oh. where one dude gets a whole bunch of women. You know, virgins, I, I seven like, virgins, right? I, I don't really want virgins. That seems kind of you know, as an old man, that seems kind of creepy. Ooh. So I, I, I would. Maybe have just the uh, the uh, the whole harem of women around my age, you know, that that were super interested in me. Yeah. I'm just making that crap up. That's not really what I, I just uh, my perfect heaven would probably be uh, accomplishing things, 
like kind of like what you were saying, doing doing good for others. And I, right. I really like. I want to come to your heaven. I think where yeah. where we go about and maybe okay on this other galaxy, they need help yeah. with such and such. And so you yeah. head on out there. Yeah. And see what you can do. Counsel those people out there. I I like that. And and you're going to just magically appear in front of the crowd and and they'll and we'll say fear not. <laughs> fear not for we are bringing messages from God. <laughs> yeah, I I could do that totally. Okay, now we got to get on to what's your hell. Oh gosh. Hey, okay, so I'll tell you what a guy told me his hell was, but this is this is totally R-rated. But he told me he said, he said, here's what I think hell is. He said it's 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 someone who's alone who's and can't reach climax. <laughs> just forever, <laughs> just forever and ever and ever, and you're just like you can't, you just can't find any kind of satisfaction. Ah. Uh. That would be that would be dis- disappointing, for sure. I guess you just think about well. So maybe I this is probably a subject for another time. But I re, I, I had this theory one time, and and that that what is evil, you know? And yeah. to me, evil is almost like <clears throat> to me, evil is like it has no. It makes no sense. In in other words, someone who takes a gun and goes into their children's bedroom and kills their children and their wife and then kills himself. To me, that's one of the most scary things because it's just, there's just no sense in it. There's just no understanding, you know? Now, when someone goes and robs a a liquor store and gets a hundred bucks, it's like, okay, I can kind of see that. The dude doesn't have money. He's in big, and he's, but but when people do things that it's like that that girl and maybe you remember she drove her car through um, that crowd at at OSU during their homecoming and and killed people. Yeah, she was that probably happened. a Sooner fan. Could, could have been, could, could have been, been a Sooner fan. Now that no, would not, make sense. Well, not even a Sooner fan would do that. I don't think that was pretty safe. I, yeah, I just yeah, like she I, was that, nuts. That, yeah, that see that's that's the stuff that really scares me you know uh it, it it just doesn't make sense so then i think what is that what is hell it's just it's just confusion just maybe just you're in a place and you're just confused and you can't make sense out of anything and you're just lost and 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 perplexed and in this constant state of i don't what do i do what where am i what what's going on maybe that would be i don't know I'm sure I can think of a lot of things, but. Okay, here's mine. Okay. Mine is an upper molar abscess. Okay. Which is pounding. And epididymitis, which is an infection. I don't know what that is. That's a bad infection in your scrotum. Oh, yeah. So that's really hurting there, too. And I'm having to listen to rap music really loud. Oh, yeah. So it's, so it's physical pain. Two types of physical pain. And are those like the most excruciating types of pain you can think of? Or? Uh, well, I think a kidney stone is supposed to be kidney oh. stone and giving birth without any anesthesia. Yeah. I guess you could throw, I, I could throw in a kidney stone and maybe 
giving birth as well. <laughs> I don't know. All those things, severe physical pain, and then having to listen to rap music for forever. Like the same song that's really annoying to me. Yeah. Well, and, and that takes me back to kind of that torture museum we went to where these people, I mean, yes. I swear to God, they have to stay up late at night thinking, how can I just create the most misery in some fashion? I just, you wonder, how do those people come up with that stuff, man? Unless they think around, sit around and think about it for, oh, I don't know. It, what, what the human mind is capable of this is can be pretty scary but yeah but yeah well i'm going to move on to my next question then okay your first, first question it's my very first question your very first question all right let's get this is this is a, a rehash of a previous question but my preacher likes to say that he'll lift up the bible and say this is god's inspired holy and inerrant word and uh, it means you have to believe to believe like he does, you have to believe every word exactly as it's written. And then somehow you have to magically understand what the writer actually meant and what God inspired him to mean and all that. But anyway, my if one believes that, I think you have to believe that the men that got together in 325 at Nicaea to decide what went in the Bible they had to be holy, inerrant, and inspired by God as well to, to choose the right uh, books. And I just kind of doubt that. Uh, like you and I have talked about before, there was probably a lot of politics involved in it. And there was one group that said that Jesus was not God, and that group got outvoted by the group that said Jesus was God. So if there had been just a few more people appointed that believed Jesus was just a messenger and wasn't God, then our book would say that Jesus was a messenger or the Son of God, but not actually God and would not actually say that there's a trinity and so forth. That's all I have to say on that subject. What are your thoughts? Well, I, I, absolutely. I mean... In fact, see, there's a there's a verse of scripture, and I think it's in Timothy. It says, "For all scripture is given uh, for teaching, and is it, 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 and it is profitable for approval." and And so, basically, that's one of the things they gravitate to is that okay, right here, the Bible says that it is it is you know rock solid for teaching and for counseling, and but that was written hundreds of years before the Nicene Council, right? I mean, what are they talking about? Are they talking? Are they talking in the future to say, "Hey, when this night scene council gets together, you, you have to trust. You have to just take by faith, I guess, that yeah, that 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 God was one hundred percent behind that decision." And to your point, um. A lot of politics was involved with it, and one of the one of the theories is that the book of Mary, which was a gospel, it talks about the life and times of Jesus, was excluded because they want to uh, delegitimize the role of women. That now, at that time, to my knowledge, there were no women at that council, right? Uh, 
You know, that is something. I believe that's correct. I believe that's correct. And so they wanted to devalue, and because at that time, women were not to be taken seriously, right? They were, they were not to lead. But and yeah. But does God not take them seriously? I don't think so. So I think if they were really inspired and inerrant, there would have been women in there because they would have straightened those guys out. There, there's 27 books of the New Testament, and I don't think any of them were written by women. In fact, I feel confident none of them were written by They're all written by men. Right. And so that's one way to... Uh, yeah, so to your point, you you that you can't you, you Let me can't. make one more point real quick. Sure. We don't think any of them were written by women, but it might turn out that there was some dude who, you know, his wife was a better writer and so she wrote the whole book and then he took credit for it. So, because they the it wouldn't be respected if a woman wrote it, but she might have been the one who actually wrote it. So, the book I'm going to write is going to be called the Gospels, the Great Disillusion. Because I here's what I think. I don't think the Gospels were written by Jews. I think they, it, they were written by Romans. In fact, the fact that I think the books were written by Romans, Roman citizens, is the reason I have as much credibility as much uh, uh, respect as I do for those books. I also have a theory that Paul was not a Christian, but that his role was to hijack the Christian movement and turn it into something it was never meant to be. Which is a tool and for the Romans? Well, and here again, I mentioned this to you one time before. In all of the, in all of the gospels, did you ever see any scripture about, and and the Roman guards will burn in hell, for all the crucifixions that they did against the the, the us Jewish people, um, the Romans will die a horrible death. Uh, we will break the bonds of the... No, it's it's all about the the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes and how bad they are. Right. Also, the other teaching is like in what they call the Beatitudes, blessed is the humble. Blessed is those who get struck on one side of the cheek and turn the other side of the cheek. Think about Think about when the temple was destroyed in 70 A.D., and you have this beehive of Jews licking their chops, can't wait to kill the Romans, to uprise and to riot. And then what better strategy than to have some Romans say, hey, write a gospel about Jesus, and here's what Jesus taught. Jesus taught them to be meek and lowly, to obey the laws, and Paul kind pay of did their the same. taxes. Pay their taxes. Right. Exactly right. The, the Gospels, they're not books of renegades. It, it's a guy who is totally against established religion. And, and he's, the whole message is capitulate. Live in peace. 
Don't kill your neighbor. Love your neighbors yourself. Reach out and help those people. And and it just, to me, that just makes more sense than... So anyway, there's that. And that was Rabbit Trail. Okay. You have another Rabbit Trail? Okay. I, I, yeah, I have another Rabbit Trail. And this one can be easy. And that's why did Jesus speak in parables? And the reason is, according to my... It's because parables are, you can't prove anything one way or the other. If 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 it rains next Thursday and I said, oh, the rain cometh on Thursday because the wheat is blowing in the wind, da 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 and it rains on Thursday, everybody goes, hey, look, oh, he's a prophet. But if it doesn't rain on Thursday, I said, no, 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 no. You didn't understand the proverb. The parable was... When you speak in code like that, in fact, it's kind of a known strategy for people who want to be prophetic or, you know, they're dealing in alchemy, they're dealing in these these holy truths that's higher than I can understand. They speak in parables because you can't nail anything down. I mean, obviously, through the whole New Testament, right, the disciples were clueless. It was like, show me the Father. Oh, if you see me, you see the Father. You know, the day of the crucifixion, they had no idea he was going to come back to life. I mean, it's like they spent three years with him. And, and even, even today, we have Missionary Baptists. We have Southern Baptists. We have Jehovah's Witness. We have, nobody still knows what it means. I mean, you can take the greatest scholars in the greatest universities, and they can't agree on what he meant when he said, Whatever it was he said, you name scripture, verse, book, you name it. You take a scripture, you take some guy at, at, at the Catholic at Notre Dame, and then you go to OBU and you say, explain this scripture to me, and they will not agree because because there's you can't understand it. I mean, and it's not to be understood, I think. I think it's done on purpose. It was It was done on purpose to, you know, create this, illusion that hey some of this stuff it's sort of like the it's sort of like in the old testament i hear people all the time saying oh this prophecy came true well this prophecy didn't come true but this one did and and then they take and they they take these like it's uh, like what do they call that uh contortion you take this like scriptural contortionist and you turn it in to say oh this meant babylon and see, Babylon was destroyed. Well, it wasn't destroyed quite the year they said it was, but it did get destroyed. So that, and then some of the prophecy hadn't happened yet. It's, it's, I don't know. It's just, it's by design, I think, to be uh, vague, right? And to be, it could be this or it could be that, and then you're never wrong. So that's my opinion. Okay. <laughs> um, my opinion is, that's an interesting opinion. Um, my opinion is that he spoke in parables because he knew of their power. He, he knew of their power? He knew of the power of parables and stories. Oh, oh, because, yes, right. Yes, that is your theory. I do remember that. Yeah, stories, right? Tell a story, people remember it. I mean, mm -hmm. I, just, I remember uh, I was on this uh, committee, the High Poobah Committee of Doctors for one of our regional healthcare companies here in town. Yeah. And uh, they were, they had a new CEO 
and a new chief medical officer. And they had this grand plan. They had these seven pillars of of organization, how they're going to have stuff like uh, one pillar was engaged caregivers. And another pillar was inspired leadership. And another, I'm just making these up. I can't even remember what they were. Another one was uh, access to all, et cetera. So they had all these pillars, you know, or trustworthiness, kind of like the Boy Scouts or something. Yeah. Brave, clean, reverent, et cetera. Anyway. Okay, I got you. When it was all said and done, they had this, you know, had this big PowerPoint presentation and showed it all. And I thought, this is a load of crap. No one will ever remember or apply any of this. This is not something people will follow. Well, nor will they actually make the effort to understand what the creators of these seven pillars are intending. So yeah. I got busy. You know, I kind of had a pretty good relationship with the chief medical officer. I got yeah. busy and created characters, you know, cartoon characters for each of the pillars. And I just, you know, sketched them up and wrote down a few of their characteristics. And I talked to the chief medical officer at the next meeting. I said, hey, Tommy here, this is what we can do this, you know, what? What you're doing here with the PowerPoints, that's not going to get through to people. You're for sure not going to get, you're not getting through to me. So you're for sure not going to get through to the next level and the level below that of the people that are working for you. So you need to have a story, you tell them. And so I said, you could make up cartoons or you could have little videos with these characters to explain what it is they do and why they do it and how that should be applied to the lives of your employees. And uh, and he goes, yeah, I think this would be great for the kids. Maybe in the pediatric clinic, we could show them these cartoons. I was like, dude, I'm talking about for your employees, not for kids. <laughs> yeah. And he goes, okay, well, yeah, talk to the uh, talk to this one of our marketing people. And so I went and talked to her, and she's like, I think this would work, but we but we have to get everybody else behind it. And so I went and talked to. So she talked to people and they talked to people and then when I saw Tommy again the next time I was saying, okay, we can, I really think this is going to be necessary because he gave another PowerPoint presentation that everybody was going. (laughs) Yeah. Because it was just, you know, a a bullet point and then a a sentence or a phrase and then a bullet point, a sentence or phrase. Nobody learns that. They don't even listen. They don't even read it right. when it's up on the PowerPoint. They're like playing yeah. with their phones and stuff. Yeah. So I, the next time I talked to him, he goes, I was explaining, trying to explain it again. He goes, yeah, I think that'd be good for like the kids in the pediatric clinic or something. I'm, I go, okay, forget it. You're never going to get it. He ended up leaving. The uh, the seven pillars have just kind of faded away. <laughs> they oh, just disappeared. Yeah. They've fallen to ruin like the seven pillars of some Egyptian pyramid, an Egyptian temple or something. So, right. So telling a story would have been much more effective. A parable, even if it's a giant yeah. parable involving a bunch of different characters, would have been way, way, way more effective than a PowerPoint. So that's what yeah. Jesus knew. And if he'd had PowerPoint, he wouldn't have used it. Right. Yeah, right. Or he would, yeah, or we would have had, uh, 
Yeah, that 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 makes a lot of sense. In fact, it kind of points to like the human machine, right? Which I'm fascinated by. It's like why why do humans remember stories better? I don't know, but you'll remember that story I just told a year from now. Right. Yeah. And and especially if you make it like, you know, interesting like uh you know, there was a big bear and and you know and and something well so i i took a test one time and i had to learn the 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 capitals of these different countries yeah and i was in uh, i think junior high and one of the capitals was kabul and i wrote i i drew a picture of a caboose and to this day i remember it, it because i was able to associate that with that that picture and like you say if you can associate a truth right a teaching uh with with a story there's so many stories i remember i remember a, a story one time it's called rock soup oh yeah and it was the, oh you remember I that know, i know it was stone and soup the way i heard it but stone that, soup that was thing. it <laughs> yeah but we all know what and whoever's listening at home, some guy said, I'm going to throw a stone in the water. And someone said, if you had just a little bit of cabbage and someone, yeah, I'll throw a little cabbage. And someone threw a little bit of tomato. And da, 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 da. before you knew it, you had a big stew. And it was that more of the story was if everybody pitches in, you know, you can do some really great things. But you remember that. I remember that story. Yeah. And that truth lives on because I remember the story, you know. But yeah, that that is a great that's a great point. So that's well okay. done. That's these are my thoughts. Okay, now I'm ready for my next. It's a subject okay. rather than a question, which I sometimes okay. do. Yeah, I can make it a question. Why do people so often feel it's necessary to assign blame when we could just say, well, it was God's will or or stuff happens, you know. Why must we assign blame? So, I'm going to take a stab at it first because I really don't know. The only thing I can think of, are you talking about like a red herring? What they no. call a red herring? Why? No, 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 not at all. I'm talking about why do we have to blame some someone or some organization or God or whatever for everything bad that happens in our lives? Why, do, why does there have to be... Why do you have to blame somebody? Have to blame ourselves, blame our spouses, our children, God, the cops, what, whatever. I mean, why do we have to blame somebody and and direct anger or bad feelings towards that person or entity instead of just getting over it? Why I do people do you. that? Well, I I don't. I think I'm beginning to understand what you're saying. In, in other words, uh, someone's house got broken into and it took the cops 10 minutes to get there and someone was killed during that time. And so the big story is, where were the cops? And you make the cops into the bad guy. Is that kind of what you're talking about? Yeah, that's you're blaming the cops. And And so, and so well, here again... It's a it's another human behavior because because it's very common and it's not just common 
to Americans, right? It's common all over the world and has been common probably throughout history. Sure. So so it's a human behavior. It's a it's a it meets a need. It meets some kind of emotional or psychological need because it's so common among all humans. I don't know the answer to that. Well, I don't, you know, some people have used it as a tool. For instance, um, Hitler used the Jews to blame yeah. everything on. And he used that as a tool to get all the people behind him. And he got them behind him to hate, in, in a, as a group, to hate the Jews. And in the, since he had them all behind him hating the Jews, he got them to do a whole bunch of other stuff, too which was really his point. He, he probably didn't even care that much about the Jews, but he found it was a good tool to blame them for everything, all the ills of Germany. It, and, it, and it's such an effective, it's an effective tool. Sure. I think, I think about MAGA today, you know, it, these people who follow Trump and I mean, now I, I, I like the guy, but I think I see like where they're throwing some of these people who are conservatives in prison and because of this January 6th thing where they rioted or maybe didn't riot or who really knows what happened there. But and then and then some of these like some of these doctors who came out and this might be up your deal, but that hydrochloroquine stuff, some physicians were saying, hey, this is a great medication for for this kind of thing and and those doctors were uh they they were censored and i remember it was it was i can't remember the name of the the group but i went on line and i could everything was blocked i couldn't look i couldn't look at their website and then in twitter they were they were censoring all these because they were bad because to your point these people were so bad they had to be and it and there was a great movement right to to go after these people but i i don't i don't know the answer maybe what is it inside the human because i i do so here's where i'm at i want to get on like who the frick started this pandemic thing and i'm kind of like that's that's the subject I'm interested in right now, and I want to. But it seems like somebody out there seems to be. Okay, so here's my point. Here's here's okay. Think about January sixth, right? And and people who aren't American, Americans may know about that. Anyway, there was a riot on the Capitol, and they spent like a year going through this, uh, you know, trial, and it was on television trying to figure out. And I think a couple of people died. But here you have a pandemic that was caused millions of deaths all over the world. But I, I just don't see the, the hunger and the rabid thirst to find out who's behind that. Well, How did that start? And Yeah, the, there's this huge ongoing thing of the media trying to tell us what's important and hide things from us that are probably really important and we don't we don't have access to true media which it brings me to a point here okay that 
This is a this is another rabbit trail. Okay. You, you ready for a rabbit trail? Yeah. Okay. It's really hard to get accurate news now because yes. they either bend it right or left and, and bend it in a direction that somehow makes those who control it more money, which is what yeah. I, th I think that's what the media is. It's how can I make more money? How can I mm -hmm. sway the public in a direction that's going to make me more powerful or yeah. more rich? And those that own the that control the media, that's what they do, I think. Yeah. Uh, you just follow the money, which yeah. the cops would tell you is the way to go. How would you create a system by where we could get real news? The common man could get real news that didn't get censored, didn't get through, didn't get the spin put on it by the right or the left media. Because the right and left and left media, I think, are in cahoots with each other and controlled by the same people. They just, they mo it's mostly left, but they give us a little bit of right just to kind of, to uh, pander a little bit to the conservative people. What if we could create a system by which we could get a newspaper every day, sit down and read it, and it was just pretty close you know, everybody, yeah. there's always going to be some kind of spin put on stuff, but pretty close to the actual truth that went on all over the world. You know, the stuff we need to know about. You know, if they had a, a riot where they threw the president of Sri Lanka out, we'd have a, a paragraph about that because that, that's about how, how important that is to us. So, you know, a good paragraph would be interesting to know. Right. And what's really going on in the Ukraine and how the battles are going and how the Ukrainian people are holding up and what the Russian people are thinking, you know, somebody that's interviewed yeah. people on both sides. And and then, you know, state by state, a little bit of news from each state of important things that have gone on. And like right now, if in this country, if there's a crime that's determined a hate crime because it was a white person who did hor horrible injury to a black person, that would be all over the news, but if it were the opposite way around and a group of black people intentionally hurt a white person or a bunch of white people, that would be suppressed because that's not politically correct right now. But okay, my question is, how would you go about getting that message out to all the people? Because you can't use your regular text messaging or internet or, or whatever, because it's going to be censored. I, I, here again, I, I'm usually not like, I don't just don't know, but I, I don't know the answer to that. And, and to your point, I mean, now we have on online, we have what that, what they call clickbait, right? Uh, I think you're familiar with that. It's, it's a little blurb that says, you know, t Tom Cruise's last words were profound and I'm like, did Tom Cruise pass away? And so I click on it, and then I get all the commercials and right. And 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 to your point too, you know that Fox News and CNN they have their Monday morning meetings. Of, okay, our ratings were 3.6. How do we get to 3.8? And if they if they put a story on the front of CNN that says uh, mothers 
find charitable ways to help children and they get 10,000 clicks and right below it they say the girl who Trump molested files suit and they get a half a million clicks they're gonna start running stories about or Joe Biden or yeah. name who you want I mean and and then the problem that I see with that is that I okay I'm human and I'm biased I know that but I don't really know how to fix that because when I go to Fox News and I read an article about a guy I don't like and it tells me how bad he was I'm like yeah that's what I want to read about I want to read about how bad Joe Biden is I want to read about how bad Chuck Schumer is and I'm not here's the question though the question I was asking you is how would you get good news to people how would you do it? Do you have an idea? I don't. Okay. Well, I was talking to my buddy on the, as we were sitting in the Virgin Islands. And oh, had, okay, okay. Uh, it's probably through print, because print is really hard to censor. You, they could okay. take it in print copies that were different, but they couldn't really censor it. So, what if you... Uh, you have a group of people who are interested yeah. in getting the truth out. I write a newspaper. It's just two pages every day. Okay. I've, I've gone around, done my best research, and I've got people, you know, over time you'll develop a network of people, hey, this is, this is Beatty from uh, Egypt, and I've got a scoop about what's going on in the Egyptian government, this, this, and this, and and plus, it's really nice right now at Sharm El Sheikh. If you want to come, if you want to come visit, you know, great. Yeah. And uh, so I will write a couple paragraphs for what Beatty told me, and and then Vasily up in Russia he goes, hey, "Dude, let me tell you what's going on." You know, he he tells me what's going on in in Russia and how that there are people questioning uh, Putin now, and it. He might be out before long, you know, but whatever. Yeah. And so we write that up anyway. And then in, in uh, Kentucky, there was some bad thing that happened, you know, and and this is why it happened and whatever. Anyway, write up two, three pages. Print up 500 copies, pass them out, drop them from airplanes, whatever, and then send, uh, get a bunch of flash drives, send them send them and 500 copies with a bunch of truckers all over the country. And yeah. they, they pass them out at truck stops or throw them out the windows. They go down the road and they, they give the, they pass a flash drive to a hooker and she gives it to another trucker and whatever. Anyway, I'm just using truckers and hookers as, yeah, as a possible way to, to distribute it. And so yeah. physically distribute it. So it's printed and, there's no way to censor that easily and you get a whole you get it going a whole bunch of different directions so it's it's not just one person taking it to the next person but it's 10 people taking it to 10 people to 10 people and if one person gets taken out of that network somewhere there's still nine more taking it to 
10 more and it gr grows logarithmically. And that's how, and you produce that paper on a regular basis. Uh, you got to figure out how to make it make money. So you would have to take some advertisers, but you'd have to make sure they were not able to influence you unduly about spreading the truth. They would have to be supportive of spreading the truth rather than altering the truth to benefit their businesses. And they're just gaining by being associated with you. And, and all the people that see it will see the advertisement. Tell me your thoughts. Okay, so I see value in it. And the way I think is then why do I see value in that? So the first thing I think about is one of the things I think that makes news so erroneous is the narrative, right? It's when, it's, and here's what happened and here's what I think about it. And so if you keep it short, it keeps, it keeps a lot of the narrative out of it. If you say, like you say, just two paragraphs, here's what happened and here's what happened and then go to the next, and you don't have. And the second thing I thought about is, and I, I'm kind of just commenting, I don't know, but I, I saw this deal one time where this psychiatrist, he put like a 30-minute limit on his patients. And they said, well, you don't care about him? He says, no, it's not that. It's that if I give them 30 minutes, they'll get to the point. If I give them two hours, they'll ramble on and on and on. So and, I need to give I, you 30 minutes. Probably. <laughs> anyway, go, well, ahead, and, go ahead. And here's another thing, and this is a human behavior. And that is if I say, if I say, hey, Preston, tell me what was so bad about Bill. It's human behavior that I come out firing my home run shot. He is a womanizer. He's a liar. And then I go down to, and, and he doesn't clean his car. And I saw him one time yell at his dog. But I'm, I'm going to come out of the gate, or I'm going to tell you how good somebody was. I'm going to give, it's, my, it's human behavior to give you that rifle shot right out of the, and, and I can see some value in saying, okay, do the short little verb. It's only three pages. This and and people will read it too, right? Yeah. Because sometimes when I when I get it when I see something and I see I see the deal. My opinion is when I see the headline and they go into this long dissertation, the introduction. I'm like, okay, they're getting ready to bullshit me. Right. They're setting it up to where they're getting me on their side, and then I'm gonna. Yeah. But when they just like right at the beginning say. 15 people were killed in a tornado in Kansas City. Uh, $4.6 million worth of damage was done. And then, then you go to the next. And then, if you want to help, no, here's the phone number to call. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or you want to know more about it, you know, here's, go here's to their website. local. Here's yeah. their, go to their website and check it out yourself. I can see some value in that, man. Because that is desperately needed right now. People are flailing through all these different websites and TV shows and cable shows, trying to find what what's really going on. And the other thing I think of is, 
what a lot of these news if they go shiny object shiny object shiny object shiny object shiny object shiny object uh, over here the volcano blew up and blah 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 and over here uh, this person killed 14 people in their in their and their husbands and and Joe Biden lied and taxes are going up and Donald Trump is going to go to jail and and it's like I don't even know what should I be paying attention to there's just it's just so much information about so many things I I think I don't know what's important anymore Have you heard anything about the James Webb telescope in the last few weeks That's the hugest thing that's come a, a the, that's the biggest, most important thing humanity has seen ever, or or one of them. And they don't even talk about it. They talk about Donald Trump being arrested. I don't give a rip about Donald Trump being arrested. But I would love to hear that there are, we've discovered 47 more galaxies today. Oh, gosh, yeah. Uh, because that's valuable to our life, right? It would be Well, here's... Here, okay, here's another thing, and I know we are, and we're going toward an hour now. Yeah. But 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 uh, here's another thing that I think, to your point, is, okay, they used to have these, like, late-night talk shows, and they would go out on the street with a camera and a mic, and it was funny because they would say, okay, name the six representatives from our state. And the person would go, oh, uh, I don't know. Yeah, they don't And then they say, name Jay, the three. Jaywalking, when... Yeah, 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 yeah well, Name the three branches of government. And they go, uh, uh, Washington, D.C., you know, and everybody laughs and we're thinking, and we feel so ashamed because I don't know the answers either a lot of times. But the point is, here's what I think the point is. There's nothing funny about that. What it is is that has no value to their life. Knowing, knowing the capitals of every state gives me no value. Knowing where to pick up my gas, knowing how to get to the grocery store and buy food, knowing how to do my job, knowing what kind of movies I like, that has value to my life. But knowing, you know, the different branches of government or being able to name all the continents of the world. And so to your point, have some news that adds value to your life, right? that is important and it's not these shiny objects all everywhere every everywhere i go there's just pages and pages and pages of all this i don't know what to pay attention to anymore but like you say so yeah i'm on board let's do it okay that could be our our third grace mop project when we get around to it okay right. oh yeah, yeah. Okay. okay all right i guess we ought to sign off yeah we've done an hour it's been a good visit. Yeah. And uh, this is Grace Mont 18. And thank you, all three of you. We're up to three listeners now, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, we thank are? you, all three, for, for tuning in. <laughs> and we'll see you next time on episode 19. So, Yay. this is Apostle John Luke and Apostle Duke. All right. <laughs> Bye, y'all. <laughs> Bye.